This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Mastering Innovation on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mastering Innovation on SiriusXM's Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Harbir Singh, co-director of the Mac Institute and a professor of management. Just a reminder, we are live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and the show replays a few times throughout the week. Coming up in just a few minutes, I'll be joined by Francisco Garcia, Philadelphia's Director of Business Development for Innovation and Technology. If you look at today's world, what we see is the primacy of Silicon Valley as the hotbed of innovation and a source of tremendous economic value. We also see many other organizations with uh, technology-based businesses. Apple, of course, with a lot of its activity in Silicon Valley in terms of innovation, and Amazon, both over a trillion dollars. Amazon, of course, has uh, multiple locations, And a lot of people who are in the world of policy and uh, innovation, the heads of corporations, policymakers, keep asking the question, how do we build a successful innovation ecosystem? It takes technology workers, it takes engineers, it takes universities, but also, you know, designers, um, and also, of course, uh, policies that are favorable to innovation. And in fact, in some of my work traveling um, around the world as a as a professor of strategy and working in the area of business, um, I have seen, for example, efforts in Singapore to create a life sciences hub, or in Taipei, outside uh, in Taiwan's main capital, the uh, the idea of semiconductor chip design and creating ecosystems around that. Uh, Bangalore in India initially being a software provider for office applications, and now many startups are are present in Bangalore with angel investors and so on. So people are trying to replicate this idea of uh, creating a hotbed of innovation. And in fact, today's uh, discussions are really around innovation and around how one might foster innovation. And and in particular, Francisco. Garcia's role as Director of Business Development in Philadelphia for Innovation and Technology uh, would be a very interesting in this respect. He is responsible for, for attracting startups and large tech companies to Philadelphia while also implementing strategies to support the growth of the city's existing ecosystem. Francisco, thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, Howard. Thank you so much for having me. So I think as you heard in the opening you know, I think Philadelphia, of course, is uh, making great efforts. And I saw in some surveys it's the eighth most innovative uh, city in, in some rankings in the U.S. Uh, on the other hand, you know, Philadelphia is, in fact, arguably the second uh, largest in terms of number of students in universities. And some would argue, in fact, the largest city in the U.S. in terms of students in universities you would take into account a uh, one-and-a-half-hour radius outside of Philadelphia. And yet, many yeah. of our students end up going to New York and Boston and other places when they graduate, and they would love to be here. So can you speak to this idea of 
we have an ecosystem but we seem to contribute you know many people go to other ecosystems absolutely yeah you know the the student point is is really important and it's something that we often use when referencing the the value of the region there is certainly lots of talent uh, we have over 100 universities in the region um and one thing that we often look at is is how many of the students want to stay here and so if you go back um you know 10 to 15 years um that number used to actually be around 25% 25% of of the students coming out of the region wanted to stay in Philly or stay in the region mm-hmm. um and now that number is actually all the way up to 65% and so that's been a lot of work of a lot of folks whether that's Penn or the city or or the corporations and the startups we have here and really improving quality of life um creating new opportunities um and and so some of the things we have um seen has has really been around that livability portion and 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 that's something that really mentions that it's it's a collaborative effort and it's all about making the city attractive for businesses and people so we have the penovation initiative here that university of pennsylvania is deeply involved with and of course it has been very successful um jnj recently created um, an innovation pod i believe just mm-hmm. last week they announced it uh, in the penovation center can you speak to some of uh, these corporate activities that can help uh, give people a sense of uh, you know employment and growth and so on uh, of and startups in this area yeah absolutely i i was at that event for Johnson Johnson we're very happy that they selected Philadelphia for the jpod um it's it's one of those things where where little by little we remake changes to the city when it's small wins and you know it's not always the large employer that moves in with let's say 50,000 uh jobs uh, as we've heard in the news recently um uh, it can happen with these small wins and 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 it you know an, an employer like Johnson Johnson that is you know from New Jersey not too far away um to really notice um the the things happening in the life science field in Philadelphia is a good sign and and just having that opportunity to to be a part of their innovation ecosystem is how we make those small wins turn into bigger wins. So what do you see as drivers of uh, you know a more and more vibrant ecosystems your job is to foster them and so I'm sure you have uh, some sort of sense of the key drivers. Sure. I mean, you know, I mentioned the sort of that collaborative effort. Um so let, let's talk about number one, that quality of life of the city which which is just a long-term long-term effort um with certainly lots of key stakeholders. Uh we have the talent, we have, you know, what is valuable in terms of affordability that not many cities can offer and we're sort of in a in a really great geographic location between New York and DC. So so we have all of these assets and so how do we really turn that into um an ecosystem um i you know i mentioned the, the little wins and and you know folks like pen that have been creating this penovation uh center and then we look at the science center you know actually launching their new headquarters tomorrow um with a great anchor tenant in the Cambridge Innovation Center and Comcast our biggest corporation in the city uh opening a you know the the Comcast Innovation Technology Center um really doubling the the footprint of of the company in terms of real estate um and making a big investment when it comes to technology so that ecosystem really takes a long time you know we look at Philadelphia city that was drastically impacted by the the flight of manufacturing um mm-hmm. it's taken all the way back to to that period to really get to where we are um some cities have more resources than others and and made that shift a little easier um but that collaborative effort in Philadelphia has really 
been around and it's been a lot of dedication from people who truly love the city. That's that's wonderful and I'm so glad to hear that. Uh, I think if you look at uh, two recent news announcements, one of them is of course Amazon's uh, choice of uh, HQ2 uh, mm-hmm. split in two places, uh, you know, in the New York, extended New York area and then also in Northern Virginia. And uh, the other one is I just saw today that Google is going to add I think mm-hmm. several thousand jobs in uh, the West Village. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So can you comment on you know the differences between Philadelphia and the NYC uh, area just as a, just to start with? Uh, because yeah. we, are, we are winning some, but, but there are also these mm-hmm. big moves. And the thing I find surprising, in fact, there was a comment on the article on Google that wouldn't that contribute to even more congestion and so on. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk through that a little bit. Sure. You know, I think what's happening there really is is we're finding out how important clustering really is. Um, and it's something that it took me a bit to, to really realize how important it was. You know, I think as a as a former, I used to actually be a small business owner um, and sort of working in a space where I meet with a lot of companies. You know, you certainly assume that affordability is important, talent is important, um, and certainly, you know, the access to research, et cetera, for, for innovation purposes is important. But we're really realizing that clustering is the number one factor. And that's what I think some of these companies are finding in places like D.C., New York, and obviously Silicon Valley, right? And so there's no surprise. I heard you mention uh, venture capital in Silicon Valley earlier. There's no surprise that three states in the United States get 75% of the venture capital. Um, that clustering factor of, of all of these mines and companies uh, being in the in one place really drives them. And so, you know, sure, I think they will learn um, that there are some issues with sort of uh, infrastructure holding all of these people and, and managing that growth. Um, but that seems to be the, the number one factor attracting them to grow in these specific places. So what are the biggest challenges in supporting startups and tech companies in Philadelphia, which clearly you are overcoming, but let's just talk about those first and then, you know, see where we can, you know, what what the trend line is. Sure. You know, I, I think I think venture capital is is the biggest challenge, um, and and it's you know it's we wonder is it the chicken or the egg? Is it, you know, does the money follow the talent and the and the entrepreneurs, or do the entrepreneurs follow the money? Um, so it, it's I think it takes little wins, and and what we see in places like New York and Silicon Valley is oftentimes the big exit. You know, the company that IPOs or sells to a major corporation um, creates significant wealth um, within its employees. And those employees go on to sort of fund new innovations, new companies, start their own companies, um, and it creates this really great cycle um, that I, you know, we don't necessarily have in Philadelphia. We haven't had those major, major exits that create um, this new sort of generation of investors and, and entrepreneurs. Um, and so I think I think those things are coming, um, but I think that's a major factor um, in sort of uh, hindering the, the 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 quick growth of, of the startup ecosystem. So um, uh, talk a little bit about the role of accelerators. And I see you were a finance fellow at Good Company Ventures, uh, Social Impact Startup Accelerator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think accelerators play their role, right, in the community and uh, the ecosystem. Um, we certainly have some good examples in Philadelphia. Um, at Penovation, you have, you have an example. And, and just recently this year, we had um, Lyft Labs, um, a collaboration between Techstars and Comcast, which is a big step for us to have um, those two names sort of collaborate and, and, and really attract startups from all over the world. Um, this coming year, um, as part of um, 
Backstage Capital and Microsoft. Um, they're launching a four-city accelerator um, mm-hmm. that is focused on diverse founders, so uh, whether that's people of color, uh, women, or members of the LGBTQ community. Um, and the four cities are London, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, um, and Detroit. And so we are just super excited to be mentioned in that list, um, and, and ultimately that's going to lead to creating um, six companies. Um, they're each getting $100,000 in funding, um, and like I said, that's coming this spring. So, so these these are sort of members of the, of the ecosystem, and they play a major role in, in not only bringing um, you know notoriety to the city, but also certainly uh, creating new companies. So, if you were to contrast with uh, Boston, for example, which is also a major innovation hub, mm-hmm. uh, and also, of course, a major college, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, center, lots of university students, uh, and and in many ways, uh, some of some of the globally renowned universities, just like Penn. Uh, mm-hmm. What makes Boston sort of uh, has has had more startups there when they have, in a sense, we have the students. Mm-hmm. I would think the the more difficult installed base would be would be universities and students. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So uh, tell me about what you see. And of course, it's a cumulative path and we are mm-hmm. we are moving in a very positive direction. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, you know, part of that is the capital. So so I said three states get 75% of the venture capital. Massachusetts is one of, is one of those three. Um, and of course, that has a lot to do with Boston. So I, I think they definitely have a head start uh, when it comes to taking advantage of that talent um, and creating that clustering of entrepreneurship innovation and research around it. Um, and, and so obviously their strength is biotech, but we're seeing Philadelphia rise, um, you know, in the global conversation really when it comes to things like cell, gene cell therapy, right? And so I, I think we're getting there where, where we have our sort of our niche that we can really sort of, uh, you know, hang our hat on around the world. And, and now it's time to sort of take advantage of that and make sure that we not only make that a academic and research conversation, but also make that an entrepreneurial conversation. For those of you who are just tuning in, you're listening to Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Harbir Singh, and I'm speaking with Francisco Garcia, Philadelphia's Director for Business Development and Innovation and Technology. If you'd like to join the conversation, give us a call. The phone lines are 1-844-WHARTON. That's one 844 Nine four two seven eight six six. So, Francisco, you just raised a very important point uh, among many that you, and that one is about life sciences. And certainly, Philadelphia is in a cluster of uh, companies and universities that are leading in life sciences. So, take us through what might be the future sort of projections there, and also why is it that we were not more active earlier? Is that just to get a sense of what we can do to accelerate more? Sure. Yeah, you know, I think in terms of, you know, why we sort of didn't get to that point earlier, it's hard to say. Um, I think that's a conversation that isn't always driven by necessarily hard data and and maybe is informed more by anecdotal evidence. Um, But something that we see just just from the people we meet, the businesses we interact with, obviously we're involved in politics um, and sort of, you know, engaging conversations with the state, et cetera, on the federal level. And and just one thing that I see in Philadelphia um, is that, you know, the majority of startups are funded ultimately uh, through angel investors. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. angel investors, um, you know, high net worth individuals that are comfortable sort of, uh, you know, putting some capital into this very, very risky endeavor. Um, and so Philadelphia, the region, 
has a lot of high net worth individuals. That, that's yes. hopefully not the problem. Um, but if you look at how did those folks become high net worth individuals, and it's 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 usually in, in sort of what I'm going to call um, you know old school businesses, whether that's being an attorney, a very successful attorney or physician, or being in real estate and things like that. And 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 maybe what you want to do when you're a high net worth individual in those fields is is focus on those things that you understand, real estate and stocks, et cetera. Where you mm-hmm. go to Silicon Valley and and pretty much any 40 year old that you find that is a high net worth individual probably was involved in the tech space and they're just very comfortable, you know, contributing to that ecosystem. So, so like I said, that's very anecdotal and, and, and I don't have necessarily data to back that up. Um, but, but that's something that I do see um, in my day-to-day experiences. So what is, is that what has changed? Because now, as you said, the, there's a acceleration taking place in Philadelphia. So is it that now we have more, uh, some more people who have, who have uh, appetite for risk with respect to technology and innovation? I think part of it is also just globalization and, and, and sort of the the changes that technology allows us in terms of communication and transportation, et cetera. So now a lot of companies in Philadelphia are just simply getting, you know, an investor in New York to come down or, or an investor in California. Um, just, just this morning, um, we actually had one of our local companies called Stitch Data get acquired by a California company. Um, and the entrepreneur uh, involved in that transaction, this is his second exit in Philadelphia to a company based on the West Coast, right? So I think um, sort of that globalization is really just changing the way we do business um, and, and allowing for those opportunities. And how do the corporations play a role in this? There's a lot of uh, interest now in corporate venture capital. Uh, and in fact, um, Intel, for example, has invested you know half a billion dollars in uh, corporate venture capital which is really, you know, sort of the kind of thing you're talking about on the other side, right? You could have high net worth individuals. You could also have corporations. And Comcast yeah. is doing some of that. Uh, and it's relatively recent from what I understand. Um, mm-hmm. can, you, can you talk about that a bit? And can we get more of that corporate venture capital activity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, corporate venture capital is interesting. It, it often fuels um, what people call intrapreneurship, uh, you know, their employees coming up with new innovations. Um, but that that's great, too, right? That's a piece of the puzzle. Um, and, and really where, where I find corporations to be most helpful in the ecosystem is providing their expertise, right? If you're, if you're a fintech company or a communications company, um, you know, working in the advertising space, perhaps, um, it's great to have access to an employee at Comcast or an employee at Vanguard. Um, and, and we do see um, these, you know, Philadelphia's corporations being involved in this space with, for example, uh, Independence Blue Cross having a fund, uh, a venture fund that they operate with Benjamin Franklin Tech Partners, uh, the Pennsylvania funded mm-hmm. venture firm. So, so we do see that activity in Philadelphia, and I think it's, it's, it's a great piece of the puzzle, certainly. So if we have this news item about Exalta, which is a coatings and color producer mm-hmm. that has moved its R&D center to uh, an area in Philadelphia, the Navy Yard. Mm-hmm. Can you yeah. tell us more about that? So it looks like companies are starting to take advantage of uh, the talent in the region. And as you said, the quality of uh, that Philadelphia has you know, got a lot of uh, mm-hmm. attractive quality attributes for young people. Absolutely, yeah. That, that's a really great story. Um, you know, I certainly had a lot of colleagues at the groundbreaking um, ribbon cutting ceremony, and and the Navy Yard is, is a great story. It's a great Philadelphia story, um, and, and I encourage anyone that that isn't familiar with how that 
um, area became what it is today. But um, I'd certainly encourage people to take a look. Um, but yeah, the Navy Yard, you know, just like every other Navy Yard around the country, eventually at some point was a part of the military. Um, and, and there's still some, some naval activities in the Philadelphia uh, Naval Yard, but, but ultimately years ago, the city um, and PIDC, the Philadelphia Industrial Development Corporation, um, had an opportunity to sort of reimagine what that uh, big industrial land in, in the middle of a major city um, could look like. Um, mm-hmm. And so today, it's, it's really a major campus, um, you know, with Urban Outfitters headquarters there, uh, Franklin Square Investments um, headquarters there, and, and many other corporations um, really contributing to, to a, you know, a, a modern-day industrial park, um, mm-hmm. you know, less about manufacturing and, and, and more about um, really sort of generating innovation. Um, and so that's a great example, and Exalt is, you know, clearly making an investment and, and finding, um, you know, the right sort of engineering talent and, and research talent um, in the city um, to make that investment. So can you can you give us an example of a, you know the best kind of startup that we've had in the last few years in Philadelphia from the Philadelphia area that took advantage of the ecosystem or maybe a nascent one that we know a little about at the moment but it has tremendous promise. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, I'm I'm happy to use the example of uh, GoPuff, which is um, a local startup sort of founded by two Drexel students. Mm-hmm. Um, working in the d- grocery delivery space, um, they tend to be quiet about their success. Um, so you won't find too much news about how much money they're raising and, and all that stuff. Um, but they're in dozens of markets now um, with a tremendous footprint in Philadelphia, um, operations in many cities, um, and, and with very young founders um, at the helm. And, and, and that's a company that we're certainly keeping our eyes on. Um, you know, hiring plenty of talent from the city um, and, and continues to, to sort of um, reinvest um, in their presence here to, to sort of show that they're committed to Philadelphia. So, so that, that is a fantastic story um, and one that might, might get a, a little more press. I'll give you one more example is, is Curly, um, founder from, from Penn, from Wharton, um, offices in New York and London and, and really playing um, in that digital advertising space. Um, a tremendous story as well. Um, but yeah, I think one thing Philly does need to work on um, is the marketing and sort of getting those stories out there because we certainly have them um, and often, uh, you know, students from all over the country don't often hear those stories. So, so what would you say is, I mean, if, if you were to speak to our, you know, young uh, graduating students or people in the junior year uh, engineering, what would you say to them about being an entrepreneur and uh, and you know, becoming part of a major innovation ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I encourage you to get out there and really learn about um, the work that's being done, the, the companies being built, um, you know, the, the incredible advancements being made in the city. And, and I'll, you know, I'll use the Philadelphia students as an example. I remember being a college student, and it's it's very difficult to sort of get out of the campus bubble. Um, and, you know, it's very easy to walk across the street to the career services um, and, and just simply, you know, meet whoever's on, on campus um, for the general sort of recruiting visit. Um, so I think there's lots going on um, in Philadelphia and, and on, you know, in cities all over the country. Um, and, and I encourage you to really um, reach out to folks and, 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 you know, get a sense for how you can get involved because those opportunities are certainly available. 
Wonderful. Well, Francisco, it's been a real pleasure uh, talking to you. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Where can Thank our listeners keep up with you? Thank you so much for having me. What was that? And where can our listeners uh, go to keep up with you or get in touch with you? Sure. You know, I, I encourage you all to, to check out the Startup PHL, um, whether that's on Twitter um, or our website. But Startup PHL is the city's sort of effort to support the startup community. Oh, wonderful. Um, and we're very active with uh, social media, so you can keep up with us there. Wonderful. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.